Welcome to Cretech Climate Cast, a podcast series devoted to educating, inspiring, and leading the built world to address the world's biggest crisis, climate change. I'm your host, Michael Beckerman, CEO of Cretech Climate, the leading voice for the real estate industry's commitment to climate tech. Join me each week for 20 minutes as we connect with the world's leading real estate and tech innovators from VCs, real estate companies, academic and nonprofit sectors. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey everybody, it's Michael Beckerman. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Cretech Climate Cast, where I talk to leaders who are helping lead the charge to decarbonize the built world. Today is a really extra, extra special uh, episode for me. I'm talking to uh, just about one of my favorite people on the planet. I'm going to introduce her like they do in college football. Uh, I'm going to say, you know, I talk about the university. I'm going to say the page pitcher um, of Modern Ventures is my guest today on the podcast. And Paige, for uh, the three people in the in the prop tech world who probably don't know her, shame on them, um, is the head of strategic partnerships at Modern Ventures, spent uh, uh, a number of years at Heinz uh, in the innovation role, and uh, just a, a wonderful human being and uh, just a true leader in our sector. And uh, Cretech's very blessed to be able to call uh, Paige one of our our most important ambassador. She's always on our stages at every event, and she's always um, just offering just tremendous insights and uh, intellect and um, just grace class. I could go. I mean, I could spend the whole podcast just you know talking no, about no, how, let's much, not. <laughs> how much I admire Paige, but I don't think she would like it. Maybe I don't know, but I would. Paige, good seeing you, my friend. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. You too. Happy to be here. Thank you. So for those that do not know Paige, those three people, could you just give us a little sense of, you know, sort of your background and then, you know, your current role at Modern? Sure. Yeah. The, I've been on both sides of the table from the real estate industry, both at the property level and development all the way through to where I am now, which is on the sort of VC and investment side. So um, I, I guess I got into this industry accidentally, but I'm never leaving. So you're just going to have to be stuck with me for a while. Okay. Um my, my background is anything from music therapy to affordable housing development. So um, I, I studied urban planning and started a company before graduating undergrad that built affordable housing in my home state of Utah. So that was a sort of one-to-one business model, trying to do some good for communities and also physically build the things that were needed in the places for the people that need it most. So that's my, my background um, was, you know, stick frame, multifamily and a, you know, state of 3 million people, but I loved it. I got hooked. I got hooked and seeing like the physical manifestation of really big dreams and really big ideas that can transform communities and lives. So I think that's pretty in line with the Cretech mission as well, especially when it comes to the, the climate tech initiative. And um, since that time, I, I also got hooked not only on, on the built world, but on technology as well. Um, I went to MIT. I studied autonomous vehicles and parking. Two things that are a bit out there for the real estate industry, but I really saw the connection between how um, lifestyles, commutes have a bunch of technology coming straight at us. And uh, it's here now and it's continuing to disrupt what we're doing. So that's the technology piece. 
And I did that for about four years at Heinz. And I get now to work really closely with one-on-one companies and founders um, that are coming through uh, modern ventures. And I get to work with them to help transform the, the rest of the industry. So that's me in a nutshell from, I guess, small states to big states, uh, stick frame to technology. I love that. And what, Paige, what attracted you to Modern? I mean, I obviously, most of us know Constance and the entire team and Modern's a, really one of the leading uh, venture firms in our space, um, has uh, really provided a lot of early stage companies with just rocket fuel in terms of not just capital, but, you know, intellect and, and advisory, uh, uh, you know, s- solutions and what have you. So like, what, what was it about modern that you were attracted to? Yeah. The best part of my job, Michael, is getting to work, um, with founders, with people who wake up every day, trying to solve a problem for the industry. And that energy, even if you're doing it over zoom is totally electric. And so I was doing some of that at Heinz and Heinz comes from such a disciplined background with a 60 year old family owned company that was so focused on energy efficiency that they were one of the first to join nearly every movement that matters most recently embodied carbon. So for me, part of my job there um, as the office of innovation was vetting new companies. So I got to talk to a founder, a new founder about once every three days. And that was excellent. So helping take those early stage ideas and bring them through this sort of large company that was in 26 countries was awesome. And now what was once a small portion of my job, I get to do basically full time. So Modern has both the venture fund, absolutely, that's targeting the real estate industry and beyond. It's much broader than that, as well as the Passport program, which is the opportunity to work on one with those founders. So I'm head of strategic partnerships, which means I run back and forth between both sides of the table um, from our portfolio companies and our industry partners. So those are LPs and those are just, you know, um, big stakeholders in the industry. So that's current role now, but modern really, what I think is unique about this, not just the growth uh, program, the industry immersion program called Passport, but we like to pull in what we call outside in ideas. And those are ones that occur from adjacent industries. So this could be from the automotive industry. That's the recent company of all ours called Caribou. This could be ideas from um, transportation. That could be a company like Zeal. We can talk about maybe more of these later. This is not like a logo finding festival, no, but, I know. I know. <laughs> but it is a it's for us that really matters to pull in from um, companies that might have a really incredible identity solution for the transportation industry for airlines and how we can apply that to reduce fraud in multifamily. Mm-hmm. So those are just some examples of the really, really broad mandate we have at Modern. And one of the things I find really interesting about your particular journey, um, other than just it's extraordinarily authentic and it's, it, you know, you've got great passion and drive and curiosity, which I love, is that, you know, there's not a lot of people on the venture side that have spent as much time on the owner occupier, uh, on the owner developer side, right? That it, it came from the sort of the corporate world into the venture. There's definitely examples. But not a lot. And I wonder what is, you know, sort of is unique or what unique insights you take to modern from having sat in that seat where you're the ones talking, thinking about vetting that EV charging into your portfolio. Like, how, how, you know, how do you draw upon all the, that, those experiences now into the venture world with these startups? Yeah, that's a great point, Michael, but it, it requires sort of rules and engagement on both sides that no one really ever tells you. <laughs> like be, from, from, the, from the sales side, from the solution side, be really authentic about what's truly on your roadmap. 
Yes. And it, at what at what time frame you can get it done? Like that's something where you you're so excited to get this deal done. You're so excited to be in this room, and over promising is just an uh, unfortunate side effect of being really eager and and really being excited to provide a solution that you know is needed. And then on the other side of the table, helping map out for new solution providers your internal org structure because there's the org structure on paper, yeah. And then there's the one with a bunch of dotted lines. That's a bit of a ghost org structure that nobody really talks about. There's at least four different committees that you have to go to to get a deal done. So from from the corporate side, there's ways to create new infrastructure inside your firm that doesn't replace your existing IC process, but that really helps you remain more nimble and true to your corporate identity. Because I think pulling from my recent background, on the corporate side, your structure dictates your constraints. And what you're able to pull in, how quickly, how does it get funded? What does deployment and implementation look like? So there's, there's rules of the road that I've kind of drafted on both sides that I like to give people what I call crib sheets, kind of cheat sheets. If you had a note card, you know, on that spelling test in eighth grade, like what would it say? Um, so here are, your, here are your five little points there on the crib sheet when it comes to like really rules of engagement. How do you, how do you understand the other side of the table and get a deal done more effectively together? Excellent. You know, I've spent enough time with you to know that you are an avid outdoors woman, that you are mountain biking and doing all sorts of cool um, excursions in the outdoors. I know how important it is to you the way you grew up and what have we've talked. You know, for me, it's, it's, I don't mountain bike. I'm too old for that. But, um, you know, I, I talk a lot about my, my personal passions now being aligned in my professional passions that I've always been an outdoorsman and I love, you know, uh, being in nature and it's, it's got a lot of spiritual and healing powers for me. And, but my business life, I never really focused too much on it. It was prop tech, it was tech, it was real estate. Now that they've collided and I'm just locked in on decarbonizing the built world. What, what, how do you personally, and, and as well as professionally at Modern, sort of approach sustainability in the built world, given yeah. I know your personal passions and, um, and now, you know, Heinz is great leadership in climate where you came from. And I know Constance and Modern and the team, what are your personal sort of views on climate yeah. and the built world? So let's start with the personal and we'll go to the professional. Um, I, so I grew up in Utah, like super big outdoorsy state. There's nine ski resorts within 30 minutes at the airport. But I also grew up in a valley um, where the world's largest open pit copper mine is. Mm. And you can literally see it from space. <laughs> so with these, with these two competing interests, and then there's a bunch of oil refineries that sort of pull from the eastern side of the state and the, you know, the smokestacks there. Twice a year, you can't go outside if you are... Um, uh, an immunocompromised person or pregnant or a child or, you know, anyone who's had COVID in the last six months, the air quality is so bad. You cannot go outside. So that kind of cuts into your mountain biking time. And that yeah. was something that really profoundly affected me. Um, and especially my business early on, you know, we wanted to build next to transit oriented development centers so that people can get to work without having to own a car. Um, but then you're building next to a train stop and a highway. So that equity and access is something that is a bit of a balancing act um, and always has been. So for me personally, I know that there's personal choices we can make and I'm really invested in making those myself. I know there's policy choices that will far outweigh anything we can do personally. Um, but finally, modern, I'll switch to the professional side now, modern is focused on ESG by doing, by right. investing. 
because we have eight companies in our portfolio that qualify as ESG before we've even put it on our website. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a thing before it was a thing. But now we're seeing, especially when we're kind of tallying up, okay, last year was $34 billion in, in real estate and prop tech investing. And depending on what sources you're pulling from, it's 10x or 17x that. The capital that is being targeted toward ESG or sort of selecting for positive environmental good, 10x to 17x that type of capital is chasing ESG strategies. So we think that like, you know, we're a big industry and we're, we're disrupting the largest asset class on planet Earth, but there is this huge bubble of capital just waiting to drop and waiting for us to find those right solutions, be they longer sales times or sort of harder material tech to solve. These are bigger problems. And I think that we have a bigger pot of money targeted at it. That's what I'm really excited about. So kind of from, kind of from the get-go, Modern is investing in, in ESG technology from the energy side, um, from the consumer side, everything from air, water, lighting, energy. I mean, it's, it's kind of in our DNA and it's in our investment process. And, you know, given that you've, the, the firm's always been active in the ESG investing space and has a portfolio and has a track record. And this is not, you know, uh, okay, this is the hot sector. Let's go after it. I mean, you have this part of the firm's DNA. What is it that you're looking for? I mean, you know, what's the criteria that if somebody, and I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of startups are listening and they want to, you know, uh, connect with modern, what's important for you and your colleagues to know about, you know, what boxes need to be checked for that startup from the ESG lens? Yeah, I'll give a couple specific examples and then I'll kind of talk about what the buy box may look like. It's different for every company, obviously, and that's what we like um, being so broad is that we can kind of take anybody in. Um, so two, two I want to think about, one from the consumer side, that's more about that sort of personal responsibility and one that's really, I think, game-changing for the industry. So Kaya was a recent investment of ours, and this is a secondhand sort of high-end furniture marketplace. Um, this isn't for you, Michael, but this is for other people who may be listening in. This is the real, real furniture. <laughs> so this is your West Elm pouch that took you 12 months to get, but you can get it today because somebody else had it for six months and needs to let it go. Um, so Kaya saves about 3 million pounds of furniture from the dump. So every year when somebody moves out of one of our multifamily properties, where does it go? You stack it by the dumpster and you hope to God that your maintenance tech helps you uh, dispose of it properly. So that, and especially with the mobility that we've seen over COVID, um, this is both a personal choice and something that makes good business sense and sort of helps reduce that waste stream. So for me and for Modern, I think that's the sort of triple bottom line. Great business plan, great leadership team, has an ESG component. And is able to sell into different verticals. This is a consumer-facing business, but we've also been partnering with our multifamily um, LPs to get this into their buildings so that move-ins and move-outs are easier for their residents and their customers. So that's one on that sort of personal responsibility side or the consumer side. The second one that I want to cover is um, what it looks like for us to um, make an investment in something that's more along the lines of construction tech, but it's truly industry changing. So this is Icon. And you've seen like the cool uh, 3D printed homes uh, starting in Austin, Texas. So Home Zero uh, is one of the most beautiful spaces. And it was originally came across our path as a solution to solve or tackle um, the attainable and affordable housing crisis. Mm. So we found that by the time you're done printing this wall structure and the frame for the home, you have a 13-gallon bag, kitchen garbage bag of waste. 
Like that's really different when you consider that a typical home building construction fills an entire dumpster. So for us, this is a technology that allows people to deliver a social good. And we're really talking about climate tech here, but I also want to broaden it to the S and the G. Yep. So we're tackling a social good. We're tackling that environmental aspect of less waste printed on site with local materials. Um, and so that's, the, that's our investment in Icon and why we're so excited about what that can do, um, not only for single family homes, but now getting into two story, now getting into multifamily. Yeah, I love it. I'm big fans of both. Um, that's terrific. Great insights, Paige. And then, so the other thing I'd love to just sort of understand is, you know, my my stress uh, as it relates to sort of, you know, climate, ESG, and the built world is, you know, how it's not for me to make the moral argument. You and I both share a lot in common about our, our moral sort of, you know, outlook and, and, and values in terms of the environment and what have you. But we got to make this a argument to the built world, to the real estate industry, to your LPs, that they embrace these solutions. And it, it's not going to be the moral argument. I just, it's too massive of a problem to get the entire industry to say, yeah, we all, we're all aligned. We all agree. So I think it's got to be a lot of ROI and what have you messaging. What, what are you hearing from your LPs in terms of like what's on their minds these days that relates to ESG? Are you seeing, more demand for those types of solutions within the portfolio. Talk, talk to me about what, you know, your conversations are like with the LPs. Certainly. Yeah. From the partner side, both industry partners and LPs. Yeah. We've gone through and done a sweep of all their sort of priorities and pain points, and we've collected over 200. So for these, for these partners of ours, ESG continues to be um, a top priority and a top solution for every single asset class. So this is industrial, retail, hospitality, multifamily, resi, and office. Um, so everyone is trying to tackle it in different ways. And even, even some of the asset classes that are maybe sub-asset classes where I thought it might be kind of curious that they're focused on energy efficiency, single-family rentals, for instance, or many right. things where the utility bills are passed through to the occupants themselves. I said, you know, why would you care? And the answer is they care. Because at the end of the day, WattBuy, who allows you know, residents to get the most competitive rates for their energy and find um, you know, clean energy, or um, uh, anything that can help make the resident a better resident by putting dollars back in their pocket from a utility and energy efficiency standpoint, everyone is interested in. Hmm. So I would say that across the board, um, smart home technology, connected devices, even getting you know, better filters delivered to your, to your front door by subscription through Second Nature that owners are obsessively focused on this as they should be, I think, even though if you think that the ROI might be a secondary or tertiary benefit to them. So I think that there's a lot of location, energy storage, and then one of our, one of our portfolio companies as well, Zeal, has seen incredible traction there for EV charging um, in homes and in multifamily buildings and beyond. Got Eric. So, Best. <laughs> yes, yes. I know Eric well from back in uh, you know, LBC yep, as well. Yep. So that's, I think that's what people are tackling. And what's really exciting about what I like about Modern too is we're really collaborative with other partners yeah. in the space. Yes. Sir. So, you know, getting off the phone with folks in Europe where they're learning um, much more than, or applying much more than we can in the States just yet. And being able to pull from construction tech methods in, you know, Australia and Asia Pacific that we can, we are focused on the U.S. demographic and the U.S. geographic, but we collaborate globally to find the best solutions and bring them to bear and bring them inside these borders. 
Yeah, yeah. The collaboration I know is 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 core to your to Modern's entire sort of brand identity, and it's, it's terrific. Um, and then I think just to unpack that just a little bit more, you know, you you've been so helpful uh, to me and the Cretech team in the very early days we were building Cretech and helping us articulate the messages to the marketplace to how to attract them to come under this big real estate technology innovation tent, right? So. I just ask you to put that hat back on of an industry leader and working with me and the team and other colleagues that are passionate about uh, ESG in the built world. How do you think we can best mobilize the entire industry? Because the clock's ticking, Mother Nature's not being patient with us, nor should she. And, um, you know, it's a hundred trillion dollar problem to decarbonize the built world. And I think we're spending a hundred or so million dollars to date just on tools to decarbonize something we saw uh, recently. So what should we be doing? Those of us that, you know, are passionate about this to, to, get, to mobilize the industry, to what kind of messages and what kind of tactics could you be you know, give me some insights and our audience. Uh, I, was at, I was at a conference in Chicago um, recently where, where Modern is, and I was talking to someone that said, do you have any idea how hard it would be to get the entire real estate value chain in a single room? Yeah. Like, you, we would fill the auditorium, right? The, there's like the title insurance guy, and there's like you know, the janitorial staff. There's like everything in between. Our industry is so vast. So to convene the industry, um, I think is a mammoth task. And I think you've done a great job making a community from an industry and we keep on building to it. So for me, this initiative is so, so important to keep this going, to add to the family, to have conversations with people who are totally outside of your wheelhouse, that there's you know no shortage of things for you to tune, tune into and people where you can exchange ideas with. So I would say you're building a forum. This is a really helpful platform for people to connect. Um, a little bit smaller though, for, for what we can do as an industry. Um, we're already doing it. Transparency and data. Mm. So when it comes to data and transparency for one of the most offline asset classes uh, of all time, I think we probably should focus on reporting fewer things better and mm. more transparency against what we're reporting about matters. This is for climate and energy as well as S and G of ESG. So these things I think are get the data but get clean data for right now so that we can compare um, and be able to report more fully. Because I think the louder our voices are heard as one, um, the more effective we can be in, in, in political arenas and policy arenas and beyond. However, I still don't think that sort of removes the ability to engage with the consumer, to engage with the individual. Um, and that's one of my sort of favorite parts about our approach and what we can do at Modern with both outside in and direct investments into real estate technology companies that can tackle the climate issue. So I think it's, it, I think it's both and. If I had, Michael, if I had one other thing that I, would, that I would love to do in my spare time, it would be focusing on figuring out adaptive reuse. Yeah, I know. The greenest okay. building is the one already built. And can I take a class B suburban office building and turn it into housing? And my call to action for those that might be listening here is anybody who can figure that stuff out, like call me. <laughs> so that's my that's my passion I, project on the side more I, I i i've been obsessed with this concept that i probably stole it 
from somebody like most of the things I come up with is about B to G, about how we take all these brown buildings, you know, that are not lead this and lead star this and that and the other thing. And, and how do we convert them? Because that's, yeah. that's the big problem, isn't it? How do we retrofit them into other usages or uh, to make them greener, uh, more sustainable? And we talk so much in the industry about, you know, this great new lead, you know, um, um, uh, net zero building, which is great. I love that. But what about the existing building stock? Absolutely. How do we make that more impactful, uh, both from a social point of view and from an environmental point of view? Which one other question for you? I, I, I know I said we we're going to watch up, but how are we doing on the S side, my friend? How are we doing? On the yes, uh, in the in the yeah. between the E and the G, are we making any progress? It's a bit of a mixed bag, right? So again, I think we have. I've counted over sixty-five different frameworks in which you can report your ES and G um, commitments um, and certifications. So if you have sixty-five different standards, how the heck do you know what you should be reporting on? Mm. Same goes for S, where a lot of it is targeted toward the corporate social responsibility. And less about how we can use our physical product types for good. That's what excites me. It's like we have the world's largest natural habitat for homo sapiens known as buildings. We have a natural habitat and we can stage interventions using this physical tool to make things better. So that's what excites me is on the S is like, how do you use an office building for better? How do you use a multifamily building for better? So I think that we're going down the right path as it relates to corporate social responsibility, you know, with, with wages and pay and, you know, combating modern slavery, we've got those metrics. We kind of know what our marching orders there. And I think if I can, you know, repeat back my own words, we should probably report fewer of those things better and get really creative on how to use our physical assets for good. I think that's the best place to end this podcast (laughs) because it's hopeful and it's inspirational, and you are hopeful, and you are inspirational, Paige. As I'm sure the listeners and the viewers, if you didn't know Paige, you understand why she's so beloved and admired in our ecosystem. Uh, Paige, I, I can't thank you enough for all you do for Createch, but mostly for the industry and for for the planet, my friend. Really, you're making an impact. And, uh, a lot of us appreciate it and appreciate you and absolutely appreciate Modern. So thanks for joining me on the podcast page. Thanks, Michael. If you want to hear more about top industry trends, please hit subscribe and join us on this journey to reimagine real estate. If you've enjoyed listening to this week's episode, please be sure to give us a five-star rating and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. To stay up to date on leading climate tech trends and topics, Join the Cretech Climate Community by clicking the link in our bio. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to having you join us next week.